welcome to Non-Breaking Space, which you can find online at nonbreakingspace.tv. Non-Breaking Space is a show where we'll seek out the best, brightest, and smartest folks on the web and talk about how and why they do what they do. Your hosts are usually Christopher Schmidt and Dave McFarland, two web designers, authors, and trainers who have a passion for sharing knowledge about the web. Sitting in for Christopher for this episode is Trent Walton, founder and one-third of Paravel, a small web shop based out of Texas. I'm Chris from Canada, web designer, podcaster Christopher and Dave, right along to help push the record button and keep everyone on track here on Non-Breaking Space. Our guest for this episode is Gio DeFederici. Gio has a BFA in painting and has completed a degree in graphic design. He's an accomplished illustrator and designer. He's a designer at Period 3, a web design firm in Columbia, South Carolina. He also helps organize the web conference Converge SE and has his own podcast, Draft. He's also the author of the Web Designer's Roadmap from SitePoint. So this time I'll turn it over to Trent and Dave and their conversation with Gio. All right. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Trent, hey, how's it going? It's great. How, how are you doing? I'm doing well. We've never met. So welcome um, to the show. And I know yeah. you've co-hosted, you've stepped in for me being absent before. So now uh, Christopher's doing a, one of his conferences, so he couldn't be here today. Um, how are things in Texas? Good, good. We're uh, in the middle of the RWD Summit now. I uh, did a talk yesterday and Dave Rupert's coming up this afternoon and we're having a lot of fun with that, uh, keeping it uh, pretty pretty laid back over here. So. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to say we've got Gio uh, DeFetterici uh, on the show today. Hey, Gio, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good. Um, so why don't we just start with history so people can uh, know sort of how you got into the web and, and what it is that you do now. Uh, well, I, uh, I, I have a, um, I actually have a, want to make a little correction. I have a BFA in painting, and I have my design degree. I think that we just suck at updating our information. So, <laughs> okay, well, we can record that, re-record that beginning there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. So I, I started out um, doing fine art and did that for years. Uh, I also taught in high school and collegiate both for about two years, uh, where I, while I was teaching, I met Gene Crawford. Uh, who I work with, who's awesome. Yeah. And he, he kind of just sucked me into the industry. I didn't know anything about tech. I, I knew next to nothing and kind of got into it. And then over the next couple of years, I, I learned all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how I got. I think I got into it the way that a lot of people did. I sort of fell into it. Yeah. What year yeah, was that? Um, so this is, uh, I've been in the industry for three years. Okay. Yeah. So, so what do you do now? What what kind of are you are you a designer? Do you do illustration? What's uh, you do web HTML CSS? What what do you do? Well, I mean, we uh, so period three is our client services business, and uh, yeah. it's really small. There's only three of us, so and we like that. But it means that all three of us pretty much run the whole stack. I do yeah. like ninety percent of the creative work, um, <laughs> but I also I write a lot of JavaScript and. Uh, occasionally I do backend stuff, PHP, um, but we all do integration, web design, front-end development. Cool. Um, yeah. But so unlike the, I mean, I do art too, so, uh, you know, Jay, who's the third guy on our team, he pretty much writes nothing but HTML and CSS with, you know, a smattering of PHP to integrate stuff because uh, we have our own content management system. And so I, I also do illustration and, I write, you know, uh, yeah. but we're this 
tiny little team and we do all this stuff. So we're, we're always like, we're always spread out so thin, you know, because we do our events and then, uh, Gene writes for .NET, and I wrote a book last year and I'm thinking about starting another one this year. And, and it's just, it, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Plus you, you, it looks like you created a tarot deck. Can you talk a little bit about that? What's that? So, uh, yeah, so we, um, every year we do something, you know, try to do something interesting for Converge where we just do something cool. Uh, so some in the past, it's been awesome artwork or, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but a couple of years ago we did the, the theme for the event was, uh, soothsaying, like, uh, seeing the future. Cause that's kind of what people do when they go to a conference, they want to listen to people who kind of know what's coming down the pipe. And so we thought sort of soothsaying was cool. was a cool theme. And, uh, we didn't really know what to do online. We started building uh, a tarot game where it would sort of read your for- fortune. Um, but I realized that I had to, to make all the art for the game anyway, and it was taking too long to develop. <laughs> and uh, it was right about the time where uh, Flash was like in its last death throes. So <laughs> we thought it would be, we thought it would kind of suck to have a Flash game. And so that it, in the end, we were just like, well, let's just take the cards, we'll lay them out, we'll print them as a deck and give away a deck. And everybody loved it. And so a lot of people started contacting us, seeing if they could get decks. So we just started selling them. <laughs> That's awesome. That's totally cool. Yeah. Well, and every year, those Converge sites are, in my opinion, the most fun, if not the best. But, I mean, I'm looking through, and you can type in, like, ConvergeSE.com and just do a, like, 2011 dot. 2012 dot and like you're seeing the tarot deck in 2011 and then you've got i mean freaking dinosaurs with laser beams that like (laughs) go down to like flesh and bone as you scroll down i mean it's always for sure the most fun and those illustrations those are all you yeah yeah the illustrations are me (laughs) you're one of those people that's good at everything this is ridiculous these illustrations (laughs) like if that's all you could do you'd be worth your weight in gold and i mean I've been sitting here listening to you like intently, I swear to God, but I, I've scrolled the dinosaur twenty twelve dot convert Jesse about seven times, eight times. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, every I year. Love- I mean I, I think that's one of the most exciting sites you, you know it's gonna be good. Yeah, we, we we try and it that's not just me, you know, Jay Barry and I, we always work together on the on the sites. Um mm-hmm. and a lot of times I spend so much time making the artwork that he ends up writing a lot of the HTML and CSS. So I, I can't claim everything there, but but it's it's cool because like Jay and Gene and I, we always work together on ideas. We we really like to sit down and like every morning, since we all work from home, every morning we get together and have breakfast. And uh so we'll meet at some coffee shop or something and we'll sit around and we'll talk about these ideas and we'll just come up with something interesting. You know, we wanna every time we do something, we wanna we want it to sort of touch on interesting technology and interesting ideas and allude to sort of thoughts about what a conference is supposed to be. And, and so I try to do, I try to approach creative stuff from that way so that like the tech that I know is in service of, of these concepts and, and it well, always beyond that, out. Yeah. Well, I think beyond that, my perception of everything is there's always a lot of love tied into it. it they're, they're really unique ideas. You can tell you've taken it as far as you possibly can yeah. <laughs> in the best <laughs> way. So yeah, yeah we, no, it's awesome. Fight over that too because it's a uh, debate battle. Lot in that it's it's just so much such an investment to really mm-hmm. like do this kind of stuff, 
And yeah. it, you know, it, it costs you in the short run, but in the long run, it's helped to really show people how much we care about things. You know, I mean, we, we really do care and, and, and we're this small team. We try to do only things that we think are sort of amazing mm-hmm. and uh, it can be hard to do that, but, but it, it's worth it in the long run. And the conference is next week, right? It is next week. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it yeah. sold out or can people still, uh, where we are? Out? Yeah, we expanded this year. So there's going to be like 500 people there. Wow. That's great. Um, yeah. So it's, it's multiple venues. It's kind of, I'm sort of losing my mind about it actually, but, uh, <laughs> we're, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's sort of the same format where we have, uh, like a workshops day and then, a, um, a day of nothing but keynotes, but we also added a third day on the Thursday where people can come in for these full day workshops. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome, but we, we just had like a four hour planning meeting yesterday where we sat down and went through the schedule item by item. It took forever. And I was just like, Oh my God, there's so much stuff going on. <laughs> um, Logistics. Yeah. But we're, we're really excited about it. And, uh, I'm trying to finish up the super cool thing right now, actually, <laughs> for this year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, so yeah, before cool. you guys called in, I just got done writing like seven hours worth of JavaScript. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. All right. So we should stay <laughs> tuned. Is that what you're saying? You're going to have something? Oh, yeah. yeah it'll, it'll be out in the next day or Monday or something like that. Ah, cool. I mean, you got a huge list of speakers this year. That's amazing. Yeah, we always, um, try, to, we always try to get people that we uh, we just think are – are just awesome speakers, you know, and, and Gene and I go to tons of events. So we always try to listen to the people before we ask them to come speak, mm-hmm. you know, cause we don't, we don't right, take yeah. submissions for talks. We always try to vet people out. Yeah. Yeah. So you also do a podcast on top of all this called draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain yeah, I, a little I love bit about drafting. what, 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 what I, it I, is? Yeah. Well, so, so we have a, a couple so Gene does BizCraft with Carl Smith, and uh, that's sort of a long format discussion about the business. And uh, I wanted to do a podcast that was really about sort of the craft of things, just thinking about stuff. And I wanted to be really short. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of podcasts you get on, and people will kind of chat and and uh, you know just catch up for fifteen minutes, and then they'll sort of get into a couple subjects. And I wanted a podcast where it was very, very focused on one subject. And uh, so the sort of the craft of design. And so each podcast is about something really, really specific. And I try to keep them under 15 minutes. So some of them are like eight minutes. And it's it's just sort of like we get in, we talk about it, we're done, end of discussion. And so that it would be really focused, a highly sort of like charged and focused podcast. And it's, right. it's starting uh, to catch on. That's cool. So not like the long, meandering type podcast. No, it's like we get in, we get in, in the first 45 (laughs) seconds to a minute, I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about this subject. And sometimes we play a quote or we, we reference the things that that got us thinking about the subject. And then we just get straight into it. And once it's over, I I usually am just like, okay, we're done. And then it's over, you know, uh, I just, I like that. I like, those are my favorite podcasts where, where the, somebody gets on and they just, they just talk really intently and in a very focused way about one thing and then they kind of move on. I, I yeah. like that. Who else do you do the podcast with? Is it just you or do you have a co-host or do you bring it's people usually, on? Yeah, usually Gene is on, but occasionally it'll be Jay or somebody else, you know? Because the yeah. way that we normally do it is we'll put together a couple 
subjects that we want to talk about. And, and uh, we'll just talk about them while we're eating lunch or something for a little bit. And then we'll get on and, and really like hit it in a, a focused way. Cool. So you also wrote, this was last year for SitePoint, you wrote the web designer's roadmap. Uh, what's that yeah. book about? It's about like the, uh, the process, the process of web design, as I knew it while I was writing it, really. And it was sort of, it was sort of interesting. I mean, things move so fast, you know, that uh, the things that I do now are actually a little bit different from what I was doing just eight months ago when I was yeah. writing the book. Uh, but it's still pretty, you know, it's still very current. And it was, so it's not tech. It's really approachable and that there's no code in it. It's all just about the process and sort of the, the components that make up good design and things like that. Um, and I talked to, to Jason Beard uh, about his book because mm -hmm. uh, he wrote The Principles of Beautiful Web Design. And his is really about theory, you know. And so when, when I was talking to him about it, about his book, I, I thought that it would be interesting if, if they sort of worked well together and that his is about sort of the theory behind the principles of design and mine is about the process for taking those principles and applying them to making something effect effectively and efficiently. Yeah. What would you say the main um, changes have been since you wrote, wrote the book, you said like, uh, you know, in the past eight months or so? Well, for me, it was um, like certain things that I touched on that I just touched on were like, SAS and things like that. And now I don't mm -hmm. write anything. I don't write, I don't ever write CSS. It's all SAS. And I've switched over to sort of like production tools like, uh, Yeoman, you know, mm -hmm. to help me get things going quickly. And I, I never did that before. Uh, so sort of once I, I've sort of learned more of the sort of development, uh, oriented things that, that have made me a lot faster. But in terms of the creative process, is exactly the same. It's for me. It's just really the production process that's changed a lot. Sure, and it'll 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 probably always do that. That's that's what I'm finding these days. Yeah, yeah. It it, it actually brings into question sort of the the format of these larger books, in in my opinion, and in that, mm -hmm. that for them to be really viable as products, they have to be around for at least a year. And I I think that our industry actually moves faster than that. Um, yeah, it's pretty but blinding. They're still, they're still really the thing about books is that they're still really useful for people who are are either just getting started or need to advance their skill set because it, it's the it's a a really good condensed format for expanding your knowledge as opposed to trying to just throw yourself at it. Uh, but for yeah. people who are, who are really advanced already, you know, it, it's I think it's better to get sort of the really short form books that are starting to come out through the industry. Yeah, to me, it sort of seems like when things are published and put in book format, it sort of uh, it gets everyone on the same page. <laughs> but it's yeah. nice. I mean, when we have a thousand blog posts about a thousand different things, um, it's you know, it was nice. I remember when um, Dan Cederholm wrote the like like this the CSS three for designers or whichever the uh, book apart mm -hmm. what the exact title was. But it was cool because there was a lot of stuff, and I think Andy Clark also had a book at the same time. And those there was a lot of. There were thousands of articles about CSS3 and what we could be doing. And it was nice just to sort of have like an index of here's where we are right now. Here's all the stuff that we generally know about. Here's all the stuff that, that is being used. And you sort of feel like you can kind of quickly catch up without having to scramble and remember, you know, 80 different places to find what you need to know. So Yeah, it's, it's, that's true. And it's not only that, but I mean, the web has no editors. I mean, everybody is a self-editor more or less. 
And so mm-hmm. you'll have a thousand articles about subjects, 500 of which conflict each other and have and lack really up-to-date information or, or their sure. someone's subjective opinion. And it, it's hard to create any sort of standard based upon that. Uh, but so I think that when you have a book and you have a team of people who work on that book and come up with a really good sort of standard uh, best practices approach to things and then and then write it down in a way that's that's easy to digest that that's what the mm-hmm. real value of a book, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I've written three books, so um, I, 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 I totally agree. I think because publishers, they're going to invest a lot of money in this process that they're not going to want to put out something that's half assed or not well um, edited. And so because of that, you end up with higher quality stuff than just blog posts, which don't, you know, are sort of written almost as throwaways. But, you know, at the same time, like you were saying about the rapid changes in our, in technology and in our industry in particular, I mean, books are becoming harder to, to um, uh, it's harder and harder to keep up. I mean, you know yourself, you know, you finish your book and then there's tech editing and then there's edit and then there, the whole production process can take several months before you actually get, you know, if it's a printed book out, I mean, PDFs, you can get out more quickly, but, um, it, it is interesting and challenging for people to, to write, um, stuff that can keep up with the changes and in our industry for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's always going to be that way. I, I think that, I just think that after having written a book, I think that we just sort of have to have, the best way to approach it might be to just evaluate what what is the role of a of a full you know, hundred and fifty or three hundred page book as opposed to, the the real serviceable role of a of a thousand word blog post you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I think they both have their place, um, but you know it may not be the appropriate format for certain for certain subjects or, uh, you know because these the, like standards bodies they can write you know standards and they'll sit around for ages as people screw around with them and browsers try to implement them and things like that. But like best practices for, you know, how to organize your information or talk to clients or how to get data or how to do testing or something like that. I mean, that stuff moves so fast. It's so incredibly right. fast and it's so incredibly subjective that it it's so, it's very, very hard to write anything of not immediate, uh, immediate value is easy to write. Lasting value is really hard to write. And, mm-hmm. um, so I think that you know posts can be uh, can be really valuable valuable in that in that circumstance. So in your book, I mean, it was kind of interesting. You actually went and interviewed other designers, right, to sort of see what their process was to sort of compare and contrast how you do things with how other well-known designers in the industry um, design. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, uh, the reason why I wanted to do it is because a lot of the things that I talk about are. Uh, sort of subjective. I mean, there are objective principles behind them, but I have my opinions about things, and and I didn't want it to be just a book of my opinions. I wanted to yeah. sort of contrast my ideas with the ideas of people who are already more established. Plus, I mean, I, I spoke to uh, Don Norman, you know, and he's not a designer, but he's in the creative field, and in in what he does uh, relates really strongly to working with interfaces. And so I felt it was important to get sort of this secondary input from somebody who's been around for decades, as opposed to me, who's been around for a few years, uh, and and approaches things from a slightly different angle. You know, because for me, I always start with creative, and then I use tech to service that creative thing. And for him, it was all about clarity. 
And so I thought it was interesting to talk to him. Um, and I spoke to people like, uh, like Daniel Burka, you know, who's going to be at Converge and he's awesome, you know, but he was really hard to get a hold of cause he had just moved to Google. And so we had to fly out there and talk to him. Um, but he, you know, he was sort of somewhere in between and he has interesting ideas about what it means to even be a designer because, you know, we can, we can ask simple questions like how do I best communicate an idea to a client, right? Which is complex, but in the grand scheme of things is, is not as complex as like, what is my role as a designer? And so he had a lot to say about, I mean, I was just asking him, what is your process? And, and he came back to me with, well, what, what do you think it means to be a designer? And so we had this long debate about what, it, what exactly a designer is. And, uh, you know, so what is a web designer as opposed to just a designer in general? And what is it that you're actually designing? Is it interfaces or is it experiences or, or is it this like holistic package where every website is its own product in a way? And so uh, it was interesting because as I wrote the book, I got all of these sort of, um, diverse opinions about what it is that the book was actually about. And so it evolved. And I thought that was really important. So Donald Norman, he's a big name. How did you manage to hook up with him? Uh, just like everybody else, I called him up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't shy about calling people. I figured yeah. the worst that could happen is they would just say no. And uh, yeah. um, that was fine. You know, because so I, when... I think I spoke to, I spoke to Michael Beirut you know, because I wanted to get somebody who was a well-known designer, but wasn't in the industry. And yeah. he was, uh, he, he was willing, but I couldn't get up to New York. Our schedules just couldn't, couldn't work out. And, and he was really approachable too. I mean, there are a lot of people are very approachable if you're just willing to call them up and, and wait them out. That's great. So what you were saying that Donald Norman talked about clarity. What, what, did, what did he mean by that? What was he telling you about the design process? Well, I mean, it was, I was asking him, we, we talked a lot about, um, it's been a while uh, since I, I really looked at the videos or anything, because I recorded all of these on video so that I could review them and, and SitePoint posted mm -hmm. them up. Uh, I, I can probably get you a link after this, but uh, we, we were talking about, like, um, we started off by talking about uh, affordance, you know, how to build affordances into interfaces uh, so that they have a level of uh, intuition to them. Uh, and so that was the main subject of our discussion. And yeah. it, it evolved into talking about how to just be clear with an idea, a concept. And so, you know, we have these abstract concepts in, in web design. Like, I mean, we take it for granted because we look at it every day, but a link is this abstract concept that, that ties one object to another object, those objects being data. And so you have this portal from one piece of data to another, and there's this implicit linkage between them that, that ties the content together, but it also ties things together in sort of a structure. And so one of the things we talked about was, was sort of the, the actual existing structure of a, of a website as in, as in terms of like what is the architecture of this versus the mental model that people build as they move through a website, because those two things can differ greatly. And being clear about that structure is really important, even on a simple site. So, you know, like uh, establishing primary navigation as opposed to embedded links and things like that. Um, so that that structure is clear and they can build a model of what data they're actually looking at so that they can traverse that model easily. So stuff like that.
Cool. That's great. Oh, that, well, that must have been just awesome to be able to talk to uh, all these different people. And you, so you did person to person interviews. You actually met up with all these people. Yeah. Yeah. We flew out to a number of places to talk to people. Like I spoke to, um, let me just, I can't, I, I did a number of them, but, um, I spoke to, uh, Leslie Inman, uh, yeah. Jessica Hish, Megan Fisher, Don Norman, uh, Daniel Burka, and I think four or five other people. Um, yeah. but they were, they were wonderful because the way that I approached it was I want, I had sort of two lines of questioning. One was in general, describe to me the process that you go about from, uh, discovery, just learning about the project that you're going to get into to execution and testing. So just walk me through that process. Cause I wanted to get that process from every single person so that I could compare and contrast that process, you know, in, a, in an objective way. And then each person that I spoke to, I also had a set of questions that were specific to their expertise. And, and so that's, I approached it from that way, like talking to, uh, mm-hmm. Jessica Hish, you know, I asked her about her process, which was interesting because she has, um, I don't even know what to call it, I guess like a, a manager or something that finds her work for her and, and she pays them a commission. She doesn't do any of that, but she still kind of works as a freelancer. And I mean, there was just sort of interesting things about that, but I, I wanted to talk to her about, you know, the real, the creative part of her work. And that, that the talk was really interesting to me too, because you know, for me, I, I start off with creative. I all like, I mean, in the beginning, I'm just trying to come up with interesting ideas. And for her, it, it, it seemed like much more utilitarian and productive. I mean, she's renowned for the, the beauty and creativity of her work, but uh, she was very adamant about, I do one thing, I do one thing really well. I want a very clear set of parameters so I can get it done quickly. And I mean, it was very production-minded. Um, and she did not differentiate between production and creative the way that I do. And so that, that was, even that was kind of interesting. Um, because I, I mean, I, that was not a, a framework for how to get work done that I had, but she did. So that, I think I mean, that's maybe was, one of those lines that get drawn between, um, type designers, whether it's a font maker or a letterer and, and web designers in a lot of senses, not that she's not both cause she's definitely a web designer. She's got some great stuff, but that, that sort of seems like that is, 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 massively creative as that is to me it seems like there's there is a kind of like a longer more um oh tedious bit of, bit of work there um you know creating all that kind of stuff so it does that makes sense to me that's that's fascinating yeah yeah i mean like with with her when when i say the difference between production and creative i mean uh the i i mean uh how can i put it uh i mean the difference between like developing a creative idea and then just executing that creative idea. So like mm-hmm. she was talking about, uh, what was the moonrise kingdom? Was that the movie yep. that came out? Wes yeah, Anderson yeah, movie? yeah. She did the, she did the, the typeface for that. Yeah. And she said she really liked it because she worked directly with, uh, Wes Anderson to, to sort of, um, she, you know, she would do something and then he would just be like, no, or yes, it was very clear cut as to what he wanted. And she was focused on execution as opposed to developing the ideas behind what it should look mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, 
And my favorite part is actually thinking about stuff is, is the idea part of it. Execution, like even doing like robot dinosaurs and everything, that's fun. Uh, but the concept behind it is more fun to me than doing the drawing itself. You know, but she was focused like exclusively on the work, you know, the, the production part of it. Mm-hmm, right. So that was that was interesting because her work in my I mean, to me is incredible. I mean, I love it. I think it's gorgeous and she's amazing. But uh, but it was interesting to see that she had this completely different sort of like mental approach to that stuff. So um, if you were to sort of crystallize uh, your book to sort of present to people, um maybe a summary of, of your roadmap of how you go through your design process. How would, how would you summarize your design process for people? Uh, it's, I mean, for me, it's uh, gathering information, which I think that all of us cheat way too much on. Um, and that's like discovery and learning about the competitors and trying to understand what the project is. Right. Then it's the creative part. If they need any sort of, and that depends because if we're just building a website and they already have branding and, and identity and all that kind of stuff done, then it's all about, you know, uh, the creative part of it becomes how to communicate the goals of the site. Cause like you, you develop this, you do your discovery and then you have to establish what your, your goals for the site are. Cause if you're just building a website and it doesn't have a clearly defined purpose, then I don't understand why you're building a website. Um, and then, uh, then it's pure production stuff. So I go to any, any sort of like communication items, like, uh, wireframes, mockups, all that kind of stuff to communicate with the client so that they understand what we're doing. And then it's pure uh, markup and, and building. And then we do testing. And it, I mean, it all depends on budget, you know, because we try to do everything as, as much as possible. But, uh, you know, small bud- we deal with a lot of people who have small budgets. And so we try to work with that too. So Trent, maybe you have some things to say too. You have a similar, it sounds like a three-person design firm. You guys must be spend a lot of time thinking about process. Yeah, it's similar. I mean, for us, and one of the things that Gio just mentioned that, that's really true for us is that if there isn't an initial discovery or planning phase, and like those, that's sort of a way for us to determine whether or not we'd be a good fit with the client, if they're not interested in that, like even just yesterday, we had a client, a potential client, and they they just weren't. They were like, "I just really want some PSDs," which is probably the last thing that we, the three of us, like to hear. I mean, we 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 work in Photoshop, but that it sort of just sort of negated all of the uh, the, <laughs> the work that we really like to do, which is asking why and trying to connect right. all of these dots. Uh, but yeah, I mean, our I I mean, I <laughs> it was funny. I did a process talk yesterday at this RWD summit and for us it it, it's never the same so there really is I don't even know if we have a process I'm I'm, I mean I'm looking I'm listening to Gio and and there is like a same like A to B to C to D and there's all these kind of things that we do but it man it's so dependent on the client and the situation Mm -hmm. and this the timeline and everything so we see it as like it's it's a it's a journey which maybe sounds cheesy, but it's kind of one of those things where you hit the road and a lot of stuff could happen and you have no idea whether it's going to go really well or really poorly. So you just kind of try to be prepared to make good decisions along the way. And then you sort of have this loose framework of, well, yeah, we plan at the beginning and then um, we, we, we do some design and then we, we code that out. But man, there's that, that can happen 20, you know, we can do 20 rounds of that within uh, mm-hmm. the course of a project. So, yeah. uh, and, and these days with the way things are and how we're not really doing these 
you know, like a fixed width layout as much as we are, as we had been in the past. It's, it's way more fun, but it's way more, I wouldn't, it, it's complicated, but to me, I think it's, uh, it, it's really allowed us to uh, stretch our legs and, 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 and to think critically about the work we're doing. It's, it's amazing too. Like if you're working on your own, as opposed to on a team, um, because like for, uh, like Jay, uh, and he, he actually likes to operate, uh, sort of with a, a, a lot of autonomy. So mm-hmm. he doesn't mind if he doesn't get very much information from the client, because I think that he trusts his instincts and he, he makes a lot of assumptions. And so he ends up going back and I think iterating maybe a little bit more, but he actually likes that. And he ends up coming up with really great work that way but i don't li- i don't like to do that i want to ask a lot of questions i want to know exactly what they think about certain ideas you know i want i want to know whether or not they actually have a real reason for what for building the website that they want to build yeah because a lot well, we three, a lot of and that's come to us and they're like God. that's why i like three so much there's different personality types um and so often i think that if there were two of us at our office the two of us would just talk ourselves into the worst ideas ever. We ought, there's always somebody to, d- to disagree or, or their personality will balance things out. Um, but another thing that you were saying earlier that I, I should have chimed in on was the idea that you can sort of do a lot of it yourselves because you're so small. There's something to me that I, I, I love about the way we work is that, that we, we've sort of all been on the hook for every little thing. I mean, and this goes back you know, five, 10 years ago, but we used to have like message boards, uh, and stuff and we'd been hacked and we'd had things break. We've been dealing with scrappy stuff like DNS or whatever, just yeah, yeah. really having like horrible days, but there's no one to call cause you're by yourself. I feel like it's made us a certain brand of resourceful, which I think most of the mm-hmm. web really is, but those experiences, I wouldn't trade them for anything. When people ask like, how do I get started or what should I do? Or I want to start a company. And I'm just like, man, just have a horrible, like just get yourself in way over your head every day. Yeah. And pay yeah, off. yeah. Yeah. Break everything. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. Cause we've had, we've had that same thing. I mean, the first year that I was working with them, uh, when our, one of our main servers got hacked and, uh, then our, our backup for the system was corrupted. So we ended up having to, relaunch like manually like 250 websites over three days and uh that was total nightmare fuel you know and and uh that was when i didn't know very much and so i was next to useless and uh (laughs) but but i mean you know those things happen it really changed the way that i thought about stuff so like when people ask me about how to get started on things i'm like die you basically dive in you know dive in if you can it's if you can survive that initial 18 months, then you're probably going to be fine. You know, yeah. I, and I really the moral that. support that comes with coworkers. I mean, I, I make tons of mistakes, but it's nice to have a couple people who, regardless of how dumb and ridiculous the decisions you make are, they sort of always have your back. Because uh, that's the thing I sense today more than ever. It seems, and maybe this will just continue on and on and on. When I, when I started. It was sort of like learn what Dan Cederholm and Dave Shea had done and like read a couple of blog <laughs> posts and that's per, and, and Zeldman and stuff. It's like, dude, right. and that's it. Golly, <laughs> it's now it's like 10 times that much. And yeah, and yeah. we're pretty hard on each other on each other. Well, not I mean, not to be to make a huge generalization, 
But I mean, I, if there's, yeah, it's that. I just like, I, you almost have to have some friends and have a small company or, or, or a small department or some people that you trust within a larger company to be able to, to make mistakes. Cause that's, I mean, that's really what the web's all about, I think. And at this point, when you launch something and there's one tiny, oh, you're missing a favicon and you're the dumbest person on the internet <laughs> that day. I mean, that, that straight up happened like, like this earlier this year, we didn't have a favicon and it's just, you know, that's that. I think that's a good symbol signal of how much slack we're cutting each <laughs> each other. <laughs> so yeah, I've all. I mean, I don't know. I don't. That's why I don't think we'll tra- change either. We're really happy with three, it, it, or or just a small team, whatever. It, man, yeah. like at the end of the day, to ha- at least have two people who don't, you know, who who will cut you a little bit of slack is quite nice. So yeah, yeah it it we we have really um, we used to be two more. Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, Julia Anderson, she worked with us, and now she's at Groove Shark. Uh, because, yeah. and I, I think that honestly, she—I uh, mean, she's awesome. I love her, uh, but she didn't like that sort of scrappy culture where we were kind of uh, having to work super hard to get by some of the time. And now mm-hmm. we do. Now we're doing great, but uh, at the time it was tougher. And uh, sort of the same thing with our main developer. He wanted to work on a on our large team, and so I think everybody sort of has to find their fit. Uh, yeah, but true. but we try really we try we've tried really hard to keep it three people. Um, although I, I don't know, I don't know if that's really going to be feasible in the next year or so, just because we have so much stuff going on. Because right. we're doing four events this year, and we'll probably do five next year. Wow! And uh, yeah. I, I just don't know how realistic it is for us to maintain a full client services business and then uh, you know run five events and. Yeah. We're we're so, trying to get a cowork going here in Colombia, and it, it's there's just so much going on. We'll probably have to. Get, we, we but just even wanna, numbers aside, it's there's it's that being in control of your own destiny. Like I think is what I find. I mean, if we had ten people or twenty or whatever, for me, anything we've done, like at looking at a website that we've built, there's nothing I'm more proud of than the fact that we're just still standing. Like we, we didn't, we, you know, we yeah. didn't break up with each other or, uh, <laughs> we, or we didn't go out of business. I mean, that's like, right. that's a thing. So, I mean, I remember the early days we used to, man, I used to wake up at the beginning of every month, sort of knowing what we had to, to have for our own selves, not even for the business, just like personal rent. And I think we're all married. We, Dave was married a couple of years into it, but we were all really, I mean, just to, to do what it took to, be able to find out ultimately in the long run whether we would have we had like what it took to have a business i was always really scared about that and so i mean sticking together it's hard but that's to me websites aside i mean that's all that's really been the the largest adventure so far yeah Um, i i I agree and and uh we're kind of the same way you know um i'm gonna have my first kid in like five months and gene and jay they both have two kids and families Mm -hmm. and we talk about that stuff all the time, but, but I, I, I'm a firm believer that when it comes to business and, and doing things that are worth doing, it's, it should be approached with like reckless abandon. Just do as much as you can, accept the times that you fall flat on your face and move past them. Because I feel like the more times you do that, the more the chances of success are, are, are right mm-hmm. there for you. And it, it's, it's yeah. worked out, you know, I mean, I've only been with these guys for a few years, but we've come a really long way in that time. And, and I feel like we're just getting started. So, and maybe that uh, feeds into the public's, or at least my perception, that um, you, you, there's a lot of love there. I mean, you know, there's there's stuff that you're you're risking things, and you're putting a lot of yourself into your work. Uh, that comes through in a variety of ways. I bet. 
I hope so because we just yeah. we love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean the thing is the thing is a few years ago when I was uh, painting and, and doing, I would I would never have seen myself in this industry. I would never have seen myself doing the things that I'm doing. But now that I'm here, it's just like I can't imagine doing anything else, and and I can't imagine doing like one thing. I mean, I can't imagine being somebody who writes HTML and CSS all day and does nothing else. You know, I mean, right. the, it would it would. I think it would kill me to not to not be doing all of this stuff all at the same time, and so I, I love it. I mean, because I've got all this freedom to pursue amazing things all the time, and I've got a team of people who want want that. You know, we all want it desperately, and 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 I just I love it. I love I love everything about this. Good, yeah. I think that's a, a great place to leave it off. Thanks, Gio, for coming uh, on our show. Can you tell us how people can follow you or find you on the web? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'm Geodiff, G-I-O-D-I-F. Uh, same thing on Dribble. Those are the best places to find me. Cool. And thanks, Trent, for joining me as a uh, co-host. It was a pleasure meeting you. And uh, thanks, thanks for filling in Christopher Schmidt's giant shoes. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs> and thanks to Chris from Canada for pushing the buttons behind the scenes. You can follow him on Twitter at iChris on your iDevice of choice. And thanks to all of you, the listeners. Um, it'd be great if you could rate us up on iTunes. Uh, in addition to mentioning the show on Twitter and Facebook, iTunes reviews do help us get the word out about the show. So until we, until next time, thanks, everybody, and goodbye.